Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So let me ask you a question. This is a tough teaching, isn't it? But it's a good teaching. It's good for all of us. Who are you finding strength in? Yourself or God? David finally began to realize that he could not operate successfully without God. Now, here's a tragedy. After 16 months of compromise and disobedience, he finally looks up to God and asks for help. The tragedy is it took so long and it hurt so many Have you ever turned your back on God's plan for your life? Well, I don't mean that you turned away completely from God. Maybe you just quit listening to his instruction, direction for your life. David did that. For almost a year and a half, he lived his life and led men without asking God what he should do. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the disaster this was for David and the tragedy that resulted from David's rebellion. You'll also hear about the grace and forgiveness of God that was then showered on David and his men. Remember, no matter where you are, God is waiting for you to turn back to him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Samuel chapter 28 as he continues his series called The Life of David. So these generals, smarter than Achish, they just say, we refuse to go to battle with David. We're not going to do it. David, we know this guy. He'll turn on us. And they remember what a warrior he is. He's slain his 10,000. And so this is David. Now, the David they're talking about is not the same David now. This is not the David that's slain 10,000. This is not the David that killed Goliath, that trusted 100% in the Lord. This is David, who's lived for 16 months in, in, a, in his own wisdom. No direction from God in 16 months. It's hard to say that about David, isn't it? Because when we think of David, we have this picture. But remember, David's just like you, and David's just like me. So there's the good, the bad, This is going to get even uglier. So Achish called David and said to him, As surely as the Lord lives, you have been reliable, and I would be pleased to have you serve with me in the army. From the day you came to me and now, I have found no fault in you. He's clueless. But the rulers don't approve of you. Now turn back and go in peace. Do nothing to displease the Philistine rulers. So he's saying, look, um, you need to leave. I know that you're fine. You would never do what they're asking you to do. But they're, they're really over me, so you're going to have to go back. And please do it right now, because if they get angry, they'll just kill you right here. So just go on back, go on back. So what is happening? Who gave wisdom to the commander of the Philistines? 
God did. You see, David's between a rock and a hard place. David's in a corner. There's no way out. What God's doing? God's making a way out. God's making a way out with the enemy opening the door. David's rescue is going to come from unbelievers. Well, that's not the first time we've seen that. So God has impressed on the commander of these Philistines to say to David, we don't want you. Get out of here and leave. Now, this is the first time when we mention grace tonight. Write it down because you need to enjoy it. You need to enjoy it. God's grace gives us another chance we don't deserve. David doesn't deserve another chance. I mean, he's blown it over and over and over. 16 months he's done. But God's going to give him another chance. All of us here have lied. We've already settled that. We've compromised. But David is far from God. He's certainly out of God's will. And yet God is gracious and unknowns to David. God is opening the door so that David can get out of this and fulfill what he promised he would be. God's gracious. I can think back in my own life. When I was in a rock and a hard place, stupid place where I was, so can you. And God opened the door. Grace. 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 So be thankful for God's grace. Now, remember I said dumb and dumber? How many remember I said that? Dumb and dumber? Verse 8 is the dumber. But what have I done, said David? What have you found against your servant from the day I came to you till now? Why can't I go and fight against the enemies of my Lord the King? Dumber. This is, sin makes us do crazy things. This is an Academy Award performance from David. He's saying to Achish, hey, what do you mean I can't go? You hurt my feelings. I want to go. David, shut up. He pretends his feelings are hurt. He lies even more. I've been loyal to you all these 16 months. That's a total lie. He hasn't been loyal to him at all. Now, we can take these last words in a number of ways. He may be playing it again. Uh, Well, it could mean that I would fought for God in Israel, but what is he thinking? David is far from that giant killer who we studied not long ago. We might say, wow, David got out of the 16 months of living a lie with no problems because he's going to be sent back now. And Achish doesn't know anything different. So David might be thinking, everything's perfect. Everything's perfect. But remember, we've said this many times, choose to sin, choose to suffer. And payday doesn't always come on the day we think it's coming. So David thinks he's out of this totally free. But you watch the rest of the chapter. Payback will really come. Verse 9, and Achish answered, I know that you have been as pleasing in my eyes as an angel of God. Oh, nevertheless, the Philistine commanders have said he must not go up with us in battle. Now get up early, along with your master's servants who have come with you, and leave in the morning as soon as it is light. So David and his men got up early in the morning to go back to the land of the Philistines, and the Philistines went up to Jezreel. So David and his men... Now head back to Ziglag, totally saved by God. This is not David's plan. Totally saved by God. Now, even though David's thinking this, as he's going back, what's David thinking as he begins this travel, as he's going? It's about 
75 miles to get back to uh, Ziegleg. What's David going through in his mind? Man, I really played it good today. I don't know how we're going to get out of this thing. But man, wisdom, wisdom. I just played right along and man, I am some kind of a leader. I got us out of this thing. I'm feeling really good. And we're almost home now. And so they begin this track home. And as they begin this track, um, you can see them. Day one, excited, camped that night. Day two, excited, camped that night. Day three, they're only a short way from crossing this hill. And there's Ziglag, their families, their kids, food, safety. And someone up front says to David, I smell something as if it was burning. And they cross the hill, and we begin 1 Samuel 30. And David and his men reach Ziglag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziglag. And they had attacked Ziglag and burned it. And he had taken and had taken captive the women and all who were in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. So as they break ranks and run into the city, what did they discover? Everything is destroyed. Be sure your sin will find you out. See, that day comes, and it's a disastrous day. Because now the Amalekites had come, and they came because the Philistines were down in another area, and they knew that David was gone. So they just came and raided the city. And they take everything there, the wives, the children, all the possessions, burn it to the ground. There's nothing left. Now, David gives us a picture of what's beginning to happen. Look at verse 3. And when David and his men came to Ziglag, They found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. We never know what a day will bring. I tell you that very often, because I've experienced that one phone call, one something, one whatever, and a whole life has changed forever. Here's one more mountain. Two days of great travel. We did it. Way to go, David, baby. Didn't know how you were going to get out of that one. Terrific. One day, totally changed everything. That will happen for you and me. Now, the problem is David is not living for God. David and his men, as they finish those 75 miles, they look and they're thinking, probably in their mind, knowing the Malachites, they don't know this. We'll never see our wives again. We'll never see our family again. It's, they're totally gone. It's interesting What had David done for the last 16 months in the Philistine cities? He'd gone into the cities. What did he do when he went to the cities? He killed every single person in the city and took all their spoils. As he looks at this, somewhere he's got to be thinking, whoa, what I did to those people, those little babies were killed, somebody has done to me. Looks different on the other shoe. Verse 4, so David and his men wept 
aloud until they had no strength left to weep. Tears, tears of regret. Were David and his men thinking, what if they'd done something a little different? But you can't play the what if game. See, when, when sin pays us back, it's too late. The penalty has already come. Now, verse 5, David's two wives have been captured. Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed because the men were now talking of stoning him. That's his men. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. So David is now experiencing that everything has been lost. No one in Israel can help him. He's alienated from them. The Philistines don't want him. His family is gone. And everything he owns is gone. And now the men that he's led all this time, they want to stone him. Can you imagine the mental state that David's in? No wonder he's depressed, distressed. David, the leader, remember, he's supposed, a leader takes people from here to here. He's backed him into a place. He's responsible. He has failed as the shepherd, the shepherd that he would write so much about. He allowed the sheep to be taken, and the sheepfold has been totally destroyed. The reason David had failed as a shepherd is that he didn't obey the real shepherd. Now, as I read that, it was a challenge to my heart. And I want to ask a favor of you tonight. I know that many of you do this. But the shepherds here, we talked about us this weekend, the elders and the pastors here, we're humans. We need your help. We need you to pray for us. We're just humans. We're just like David. See, David got out of the will of God because he thought he could do that thing alone. We know that we can't do it alone. So all of our pastors, the younger guys, the older guys, myself, all the elders, just have us on your prayer list once a week. Let our face come to your memory. And just pray. Pray for us. And I say that not because we have issues, but we're human. And we need your prayer. So here's David. He's a shepherd who has lost the sheep. They've been destroyed, he thinks. They've lost everything else. What will he do? He's at the bottom of everything. If you never have circled a verse or two in the Bible, it would be a good thing to verse, circle verse 6 as you see it. Verse 6. David was greatly distressed, but David found strength in the Lord his God. New King James. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now, there's times when you come in life, it doesn't have to be a sin issue. It can be a medical issue. It can be a a family issue. It can be a financial issue. When you're distressed and there's only one place to go, it's to the Lord. It's to the Lord. Where do we turn when we get depressed? When we fit bottom? Where do we turn if it's been a sin issue and we've compromised to walk away from God? Where do we turn if the storm is there and we can't find a way out of it? The answer is there. David later would write this, Psalm 46, one of my favorite. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. Psalm 59.9, oh, my strength, I watch for you. You, oh, God, are are my fortress. Please write this down. 
When we come to the end of ourself, God is there. When we come to the end of ourself, God is there. All of us need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord on a daily basis. How do we do that? Very often we need to do that in our quiet time, in your quiet time. And when you get down with the Lord, the Lord begins to speak to us. He begins to minister to us. And we just strengthen ourselves during that quiet time. When we miss those quiet times, we begin to operate just as we see David. We begin to operate in our own strength. And we don't strengthen ourselves in the Lord. We strengthen ourselves with our own wisdom and our direction. Well, Pastor Mark, I don't really have time. If there's anything you need time to do, me included, is to strengthen myself in the Lord. So let me just talk to you for a moment. Maybe some of you are new to our fellowship. And you say, well, what do you mean by quiet time? Simply this. You take 15 or 20 minutes in the morning, and we're going through the scripture now, so that's good. But long term, what you're doing right now, it's good for a period of time, because we're all doing it together, and reading the scripture like that is powerful. But I've discovered in my life, you might be different, but probably not. Long term, I can't survive on reading five chapters a day. Because we learn in Joshua 1.8, I'm to meditate on the word of God. So it's like going in a fast food restaurant, getting it out and eating it in the car as you go. If you've ever been around medical doctors, they're the fastest eaters in the world because they're going to get back to the OR. I mean, I've sat down next to some of them and you go, hello, and you turn over here and you're gone. They ate it. See, long term, you'll never survive on reading eight chapters a day. You have to stop and sila and meditate on it. And you have to start asking yourself questions. God, what are you saying to me out of this passage? Remember, we're not just in for information. Pastor Mark, I'm learning so much information. It's good. Nothing wrong with what you're doing. I'm doing it too. I love it. But long term, I have to do both. Even today, I have to do both. I have to stop and take time to write, you know how I do it, yesterday. How did I do yesterday? I evaluate my life. Let the Spirit. Then take that little passage of the Word and it's not that I, well, I did all of Galatians and I've started Ephesians, Pastor Mark. Good. What did God speak to you out of that? One or two keys where I can apply it to my life. And then third is the prayer time. So if you and I are going to strengthen ourselves in the Lord, that is not something we do periodically. That is something we do as a regular biblical spiritual habit. It just has to become part of your life. Don't be condemned. Many of you have gotten away from it. You used to do it. And you remember when you did it, it was wonderful. And you might say, well, Pastor Mark, you and Pastor Dave and Pastor Dean and Pastor Bo and all that, you had to do that because you got to study and teach next weekend. Yes, we do. That is a great stimulus. I'll just make you all pastors and you'll always have a great quiet time. (laughs) But it has to be more than that because that's where we get the strength and the wisdom to do life. We can't do it alone. So David, when he got to the bottom... I mean, where is he going to go? He has no army. They're going to stone him. He has no wife. He has no kids. He has nothing. He can't go to the Philistines. They'll kill him instantly. Can't go to Israel. They know where he's been staying. Saul's still after him. But what does he do? He goes to the Lord. He strengthens himself in the Lord. Finally, David begins to look up. David found strength. In the Lord is God. What did that mean? What does it mean to find strength 
Look at the verse again. What does it mean to find strength in the Lord as God? It means that he no longer is finding strength in who? Himself. So let me ask you a question. This is a tough teaching, isn't it? But it's a good teaching. It's good for all of us. Who are you finding strength in? Yourself or God? David finally began to realize that he could not operate successfully without God. Now, here's a tragedy. After 16 months of compromise and disobedience, he finally looks up to God and asks for help. The tragedy is it took so long and it hurt so many people. See, that's why you have to pray for the pastors. Because the leaders are taking people from here to there. And if we get off, we'll hurt so many people. That's always in the back of my mind. God, protect me. Keep me. Help me. I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to lead them astray. Well, let me just ask you a question. When's the last time you asked God the very same thing David was asking God? God, what do you want me to do? Hopefully it's been often this week. God, what do you want me to do? You say, well, Pastor Mark, why does God allow David to do these things? Well, I already gave you a key because he allows us to do the same thing. When David came to the end of himself, there was God. When the prodigal son came to his senses, that's what I pray for prodigals. You can't bring a person to the end of their senses. You can't bring a person to the end of their habits, their drugs, their alcohol, their lies. You can't bring a person. They have to come to the end. We use the term, they have to hit bottom. You can't bring them to the bottom. I'd like to bring it. And so when, when they come to the bottom, they'll come to their senses. And if they have background from you, as children, or in a church, or a friend, they'll know who to turn to. And they're going to turn to God. So what God will often use discouragement to bring us to our knees. You think David's on his knees to God? He's on his knees to God. That's a good place to be. Because what? It's humbling. It's humbling. When's the last time you and I have been on our knees in prayer before God? It's humbling. It's necessary. God, you're worthy. Well, verse 7. Then David said to Abiathar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. And Abiathar brought it to him. And David inquired of the Lord. Basically, he's going to pray through, through the priest. Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I ever overtake them? So now he's asking God for wisdom. Let me give you the Balmer translation of God responding to him. You ready? And God says to David, why should I answer you? You haven't talked to me in 16 months. You have been living a compromised life full of deceit and lies. Today, Pastor Mark taught about what can happen as a result of doing your own thing instead of doing God's thing. David, having trusted his own wisdom, led himself and his army into a potentially fatal situation. Fortunately for them, God still had plans for David. He used circumstances to free David and his men, but then things got even worse. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, you'll be reminded that sometimes when you get out of a bad situation, you can find yourself in a worse one. Pastor Mark will be teaching about David's life as his almost year and a half of making his own decisions rather than seeking God will result in a terrible outcome. You'll then learn what can happen when you turn back to God just as David did. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.